Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, beautiful mamas. First of all, I want to say, wow. Last week's episode on matrescence and the transition from woman to mother has connected far and wide. I knew when I started to dive into this area of study that I had found what it was that I've been trying to talk about for the last 10 years. And from all of the comments and social media and messages that you have sent me, I know that you feel the same. Most of you are saying, if only I had known this, I would have been so much kinder to myself. I would have moved through this with a little bit more compassion. I would have done things differently. If you haven't listened to the episode yet, please go back and listen. It's actually a recording from a Facebook Live I did about this topic, and it's really, really powerful. But also, if you have listened and feel that sense of, if only I'd known this, things could have been different, I just want to say to you first today, it's never too late. As women, we are always evolving and growing and rising. This is what I am learning about. We go through seasons and cycles in our life. Right now we are in the motherhood season. We are transforming and evolving into who we're going to be next. And then it changes again when our children leave. It changes again when we go through menopause. This is the life of a woman. So wherever you are in your journey, it is the right time for you to start asking yourself, who am I now? Who do I want to be? Other things in my life, still the things I want in my life? And really look at your priorities and your values. Which brings me to today's episode. In my journey, although I hate that word, but in my experience over the last few years of really trying to understand what is happening to me and other women as we move through motherhood, Kundalini Yoga has been a touchstone. It has been a really useful and inspiring tool for me to understand the importance of motherhood, but also just to understand and acknowledge what it means to be a woman. It's really, really been at the core of a lot of things that I'm doing. And so I have been wanting to bring you all someone who could understand and teach you all the teachings of Kundalini Yoga. Alexandra DiCecco has been teaching pregnancy, birth and yoga for women, Kundalini Yoga for women for 15 years. She is a mama to two boys as well and she is dedicated to talking about conscious parenting living with grace and value as a woman and how we can truly honor ourselves and change the definition that we have about what it means to be a strong woman. 
This podcast is so juicy. It is my favorite thing to talk about. So I hope that you get as much out of it as I did. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor-Kabaz, author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted-to-busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying, and realizing that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. So Alexandra, I'm so grateful to be able to connect with you and bring all of your amazing wisdom and knowledge and experience of conscious parenting and kundalini yoga to my mama tribe. Thank you so much for joining me. Ah, you're welcome, Amy. I'm really pleased to be here. So as my listeners know very well, kundalini yoga and my understanding of what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age has had the biggest impact on me. I used to think that being a strong woman was to be busy and ambitious and put more and more on my plate and that all fell apart and when that happened I had to begin to redefine who I was, what it meant to be a woman and a mother and who I wanted to be instead. And this teaching of Kundalini Yoga and Yogi Bhajan and everything I've learnt along the way has just transformed every part of my life. And when you and I have connected, I know that you have a very similar story of a background in marketing and um, used to be super busy, a fellow former superwoman, um, and used to think the same thing, that to be a strong and powerful woman, it meant to be busy and have lots of things on your plate, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. I actually loved when I saw, when I first saw your website and I saw the end of the superwoman, I, it made me smile. And I thought, you are one of my tribe <laughs> because it's... Um, Absolutely, we as women are so, we get so many mixed messages of, about how to be women and how to be mothers in particular. And then when we are um, there and we notice how we are living and all the pressures that we put in ourselves, we realize how deeply unhappy those pressures are making us, are putting on us. And um, it's, the, the beauty in the practice, I suppose, which is what we are planning to talk about today, is that it brings things, it, it takes the edge off and it makes us be, become more present mm -hmm. and it makes us become more real and it, it's the yoga of awareness, you know, so the teachings that Yogi Bhajan has brought to humanity are a real gift and for me it's a 
such a humbling experience every time I share them and it's such an incredible gift to see other women uplifted by them and it's such an incredible gift to see myself uplifted, uplifted through them and, and in effect to see my children, which are the most beautiful treasure that I've been given in this lifetime and see how it helps them become more of themselves and helps them shine their light, um, how it's helped me become a better parent and, yeah, be able to lead by example. So many, 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 many things to share. <laughs> oh, there is. And I would love to actually get you back a couple of times on this podcast to talk about different stages of motherhood because of you have for many, many years worked with preconception all the way through to the first 120 days after birth and that real process of the early stage of motherhood. But I also think it's really important for us to talk about the importance of the first seven years of that motherhood journey and the journey of our children because that is really what we're here to mold and shape in the conversation before we started recording you said which is such a beautiful reminder that we are the first teachers of our children and I love that reminder that this is why it's so important that we are aware and conscious of ourselves and our patterns because we are their first teacher. Yes absolutely this is what Yogi Bhajan taught us that the first seven years, and this is confirmed by psychology and by lots of research that is out there, how important the first seven years of life of a child are. And he basically, Yogi Bhajan basically said, after seven years, your job is done. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's so, so cut and dry. I think we don't, we should not ever be so dramatic about, um, teachings that we need to be very open-minded. And of course, after seven years, you can still guide and influence your child. But I think just taking the pearl out of that quote and say, okay, this means the seven years are important. And it means that I need to be as conscious as I can within myself and as, as conscious like, as I can with my child uh, so that I can be that teacher. And, you know, we uh, in Kundalini Yoga, no one is ever initiated. We need to initiate ourselves. And it's the same thing as a mother. You know, for me, as a yeah, preconception, prenatal teacher, birth educator, birth is an incredibly powerful ritual and process of becoming a mother. And it really marks the death of an aspect of us and the birth of another. And it is in honoring that birth and in allowing ourselves to shed you know what we were and become what we are you know at the highest potential of us you know being a mother and even the birthing process is such a powerful moment for a woman you know I'm very very passionate about birth we can have a whole podcast on that because it can be such a transformative moment uh, mm -hmm. instead of it being this horrible thing that is often portrayed in movies, it can be such a powerful, such an incredible positive experience for a woman and for the child. And then the first seven years, incredibly mm -hmm. powerful. I've, um, I have two boys and I have already gone through the seven years with both of them. So we're now in the second phase now, the, you know, the, the next seven. But um, in reflecting back, I am so grateful to have had these teachings mm -hmm. in the same way that 
in giving birth, I was grateful to have the prenatal yoga teachings and the, you know, conscious birthing teachings. Now, when I look back, it's exactly the same. It's all these stages that we have. And in modern society, we've lost the, the marking of different stages, you know, mm. seven years marks a change in the child. And the next seven years are as important, but different. different. And then the next seven years are different again. And we keep going through these cycles. You know, in Kundalini Yoga, we have uh, the life cycles, the teachings. You know, there's changes every seven years, every 11 years, and every 18 years in ourselves and obviously in our children. So how do we use this technology, this wisdom to support us? Because this is what we need in life. There's enough external stresses so we need to build our internal resources so that we can cope and we can thrive. And that this way, motherhood doesn't have to be a yelling and screaming match. And it can become a, a conscious growth process, you know, uh, mm -hmm. where the child is your child. The child is not your friend. The child is not your burden. The child is this soul that was entrusted entrusted to you to carry them to their highest destiny mm. you know how do we do that so in my understanding the first seven years are about teaching them firstly by example you know so keeping your own practice looking after yourself is the most important thing if you want your child to have self-esteem if you want your child to have self-care you need to show that by example care for yourself eat well you know, expose yourself to positive situations and environments, exercise, do your yoga, have your meditation practice, and then spend quality time with your child, be present with them, you know, so that they can learn all of that through example. The yes. child learns, you know, 90%, and this again is backed up by psychology and research, that children learn by example, you know, by modeling, they will copy and it's very important for us to be conscious of that. And also then again, not to give ourselves a hard time. So I always apply the five out of seven rule, which is, you know, five days, I try to be as good as I can. And two days, it's a little bit more relaxed because anything that becomes dogmatic breaks. Dogma does not work in both, in any philosophy. When anything becomes too dogmatic, it's just not real. We have both aspects, the light and the shadow. So we need to allow for that shadow, which is not a negative trait. It's actually the energy of the earth. It's the energy of playfulness. It's the energy of ease, the spontaneity for that to also arise. So Yogi Bhajan said, make sure that you let your children see you being silly every day. Mm. And I think that is really that awakening of that aspect of us. Mm. So yes, yeah, sure. We are the example. Yes, yeah, sure. We are to be, you know, there a guide for them, but that, Let's not misinterpret that again into the superwoman mother or, or into the super mother. Yes. It's, we want the real human authentic being teaching another little being to become authentic in themselves to just, yeah, to learn. These are our values. This is our way because this is what is the most healthy and the most um, optimal way for you to grow and develop. But it doesn't mean you have to be the perfect child. It doesn't have to be, I have to be the perfect parent, you know? That's, so that's right. It's so important to let them be real. So children are never going to be perfect because we are not meant to be perfect as human beings. What is perfection? You know, 
That's right. But if we expect perfection from ourselves, then we're teaching them that Absolutely. they need to expect that from themselves as well. Exactly. And that and, is not, I mean, if I understand anything from your, um, from what I've met you and what I've uh, experienced as well, perfection only leads us to unhappiness. Oh, absolutely. It really does. And yeah. I know that firsthand because I lived in that space for most of my life. Yes. I would really love to um, have you back again in a month or so and talk specifically about the the birth and the um, pregnancy and the teachings around that. I know you've spent a lot of time working with women who struggled to fall pregnant and the lessons that you found in that. So we can really create a standalone podcast for mamas to talk about that very early beginnings of motherhood, but also if you didn't have the beginning that you wanted, what we can do about that now. Exactly. So we'll come yes. back to that in another episode because I think that's very, very powerful. But today I thought let's focus on um, this idea of the power and the strength of a woman and a mother. The more I dive into um, research, being a journalist, it's my favourite thing to do is to just sit in the library with three or four books open on different pages around me and to learn more and more about what Yogi Bhajan taught about the power of a woman and the, the strength that she has innate within her. I really would love you to tell my beautiful mamas about that because the more I read about it, the more I learn and the more I discover for myself, I realize that this is such a beautiful teaching to realize how powerful we really are. And we have completely disconnected from this understanding. We think power comes from very masculine traits of busyness and ambition and a physical strength and all of these things. But, oh, it's so much different, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's, um, it's such a big topic for women because the thing is we, we do live in a society that has ingrained in us this concept that power and that strength means to, to endure. Mm -hmm. uh, it means to strive. It means to literally be physically, emotionally, psychologically stronger than the other. When um, we talk about the grace of women, and Yogi Bhajan talks about this so much, about what is, you know, that our greatest strength is our grace, mm -hmm. that our greatest strength is our intuition. Uh, he says, you know, we are energetically stronger than men and all of these things. And but Can you just really tell us a little bit more about that? Because I actually think that's really fascinating. I want, you love like, that. I want others to know this, that we yes. are energetically well, stronger. We actually have another layer of protection. Too, we do, we? we do, we do. So it's this can become very mental, though. So it's great as a treat for women, and I love it because, of course, it boosts our ego and everything. So... Yogi Bhajan talked about women being much more sophisticated energetically than men. And we are, when you study the energetic bodies, you know, we have, we do have an extra layer of protection. So normally you have an, a, a protection from temple to temple, which gives you a lot of intuition. So all human beings have that, men and women. And women have another one from nipple to nipple, which gives us a lot of connection with our heart energy. And it also is there to protect the baby when we are pregnant. Uh, that extra layer is one of the strengths in women. So we are innately, highly intuitive. Mm. 
which we all know. So women can walk into a room and know exactly what is happening energetically, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we suppress that uh, intuition or not, it is there. We also have, uh, as per ancient teachings, we have 11 moons in our bodies. And that is a, a wonderful, actually I have a whole workshop on that that hopefully will soon be online. But it, that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful teaching uh, that allows us women, I think, to accept ourselves a little bit more. So you know how we change and one day we're super romantic and the next day we are super decisive and the next day we're friendly as anything or maybe not in the next day, you know, one or two days after. Um, that is explained in yogic terms as us traveling through our moons. So the moons are different. It's almost like having different uh, colored glasses. So we literally see life through 11 spectrums of color in 28 days. Mm. So we are affected by these moons and we're also affected by the external moon, uh, which men are also affected, but women are a little bit more affected because we are so sensitive. Uh, There are, Yogi Bhajan said that women are 26 times more powerful than men. And I think he meant it because of all of these added attributes that we have. and then he said that, that, you know, and then he has a quote that I always used to live by, you know, but it can be, we need to take all of these things with a real open heart and find the grace within the teachings because he said, oh, man has to live one step ahead of time and woman has to live one step, one step ahead of men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for all of those of you out there and you, Amy, that have been the super women. That's how we lived, right? Yes. We lived trying to hold everything and trying to preempt everything and trying to have answers for everything. Um, and Yogi Bhajan said, yes, you have all of this, but it's, and it's a crown. So you are a queen, but it's a hand, crown that sometimes it's heavy to bear. Yes. And this, this is where the grace comes in. So this is where the self-love comes in. This is where the calling for help, the supporting each other, the sisterhood comes in. Because we are all carrying these heavy crowns, trying to be super women. And instead of supporting each other, we are putting ourselves each other down instead of building each other up. So I'm really, you know, I love when I see women supporting other women women understanding other women. We are all in the same boat. We are all as amazing as each other and finding that grace and that generosity in our heart to ourselves that, no, I don't have to be perfect. You know, just, I was told something recently, um, this beautiful healer said to me, you're wonderful and just existing is enough. You don't need to do anything else. And that really oh, brought it home so for me. <laughs> I know, but it brought it home for me because I realized, yes, mm. that is the grace, Amy. Naturally, we will all be driven to do things, to be these amazing, you know, I don't, mothers or business owners or, or anything. But the grace comes in just taking one step at a time. I was and going just, to ask you what... Yeah. I was going to ask you, what 
does grace mean to you? Because grace has been a part of what I have shared with mamas in my uh, online 40-day program for four years. Um, there's a, a, a topic that we talk about when we get, to, and it's called grace. And nice. for years now, I've had these beautiful conversations with hundreds of women about what does grace mean to you? Because to some of us, it has um, a heavy connotation, a very religious connotation. Some of us almost think grace is um, a level of perfection, that if you have grace, that you never raise your voice, you never uh, no. appear angry. There's a real misconception. <laughs> no. I know. There's yeah. a real misconception about this idea of what does it mean for a woman to have grace? So I would love to hear your answer and thoughts on that. Yes. Look, I probably was one of those women. I probably was one of those women who thought that being graceful meant that you never raised your voice being graceful meant that you raised above it all and you were you know almost saintly in your behavior and I've come to realize that grace is not that Um, grace to me now is living consciously and taking action Mm. for me is that it's and Yogi Bhajan calls it the you know the working God or you know even if we don't want to use the the word God but it's that consciousness in action and it's that head and heart and deed aligned so I'm constantly checking myself on that is my head and my heart and my deed aligned that to me is consciousness so -hmm. it's not just a thought in my head a pretty thought it's not just a lovely emotion that becomes commotion because I don't know how to hold it, but there's, there's alignment in, in everything I do. And what that had meant for me is doing less. Yes. And I know that it's really hard, but I was one of those people that had a million things going on at the same time. And on top of that, I was part of non-for-profits and I was part of, and it doesn't work. And the ones that suffer first are your children. So I also had that moment of realization that no, they are this small only for a fraction of time. And that's when that grace came in. So it's realizing, becoming conscious, and then taking the steps to, to live life, to enjoy life more, you know? Life is so beautiful. And you know that, that grace, what has, that, the gift of that grace has been that I enjoy life so much now. Every single day, I feel so grateful. And I'm not doing, probably, I'm doing less than half of what I used to do. But I'm enjoying life so much more. And the connection with my children, it's always been really wonderful and really strong. But there was a moment there that there was, you know, a lot happening. And it could have gone either way. And I'm really happy that at that moment, that humility came in and I was able to to realize no what what is important to me mm-hmm. and how as a teacher you know I've been a Kundalini yoga teacher as I was saying to you nearly 15 years and as a teacher how how do I respond to this situation what are the choices I make and the the grace of living a little bit slower the grace of being really present with your child and allowing them to to feel the connection is just so powerful. 
and you can still apply the teachings you know like it, it all works even better um once you get to that surrender stage and this is the greatest value and lesson of motherhood. You know, I've said this probably a million times over the last 10 years since I've become a mother, but I, I just don't feel like we in the Western world acknowledge the power and importance of what we do. That, as you said in that one beautiful line you said just a few moments ago, the first ones to suffer when we start thinking we need to be superwomen when we disconnect from that grace, are our children. It actually makes it, it, my throat catch and my voice catch in my throat because it's so true that we have to get this right. We have to start honouring ourselves as women, saying no, saying no to this crazy expectation that we put on ourselves and let other people put on ourselves because we have this beautiful small window to connect with these little souls. And sorry, I'm not sure if that's my um, computer that's beeping or yours. I don't know if you can hear that. I keep getting these beeps. Let me just see if I can turn that on. Yeah, no, I can't hear anything. Oh, it must be mine. How frustrating. Um, it is just so important that we start honouring ourselves in a different way. And even if that means, you know, the smallest practice, the smallest changes, sitting down and asking yourself, what are my highest values here? How can I be more in alignment? What can I say no to? They're little things that we can start with, aren't they? Absolutely. And this is the thing. And this happens both in pregnancy, during birth and Life, I keep relating life to birth, you know, because... Yes, it's, it's so, a great metaphor. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy to fall back into old habits. It's so easy to to just stop or to not care for ourselves. Um, so little things make such a big difference. You know, little children, you know, if we go a little bit more in particular with children, and I know initially you wanted to talk about the first year of life. Mm. And I really wanted to mention this because this is very important for any women that have children that are small. They are, children should be in our womb for another eight months, mm. you know, and there's this amazing book called Birth. I'm happy to share the details with you, but it's this researcher and she has looked at all the scientific evidence and everything else, but children should be in our womb for eight more months. Wow. Now those first eight months are so difficult for the mother, right? Because the child wants to, wants presence, the, the breastfeeding and the crying and the late nights and the neediness of the child. And what I tell my students always is yes, yes, it's hard. <laughs> Yes, it is. And you're just, we just have to accept it. So it's, for me, it's never about any type of control or training or anything else than total and complete surrender and devotion to this little child because they are immature. And I just think understanding that if they could, they would be inside our bellies yes. for another eight months. And the only reason that they are out is because physiologically the human race evolved in such a way that we couldn't hold them in anymore. Mm. But those first eight months are really pivotal. 
really pivotal, regardless of the kind of birth you've had. I really feel that if you care for your child on those first eight months or nine months of birth, of after birth, of life, you're giving your you're gifting your child with uh, so much security and safety that the sacrifice that you will have to make because it is hard is going to be such a reward for for your child's well-being later on in life. I think um, you know when you look energetically and you look at the chakras, the energy field of of ourselves, uh, little ones share the mother's energy field for the first two years. Mm, I love so, that. So yeah, I know. So initially, if we if we think about it from an intellectual perspective, your child physiologically is not ready to be out of the womb, mm. but they are because of uh, evolution, correct? Mm. So mm. for nine months, your child is completely dependent physically on you, emotionally and energetically and then on top of that the second layer is energetically your child is still immature for the first two years yeah so our energy field is shared with them for two years if you are away the child is not being naughty in being insecure it's literally that they need your energy field in order to to be secure and isn't that why it's, it is so important to work on that energy field within yourself? And Absolutely. You know, if, yes. the, if the idea of an energy field sounds a bit too woo-woo for you, let's just put it in simple terms and say you have to work on how you're feeling inside you because yes. your baby is picking up on that. And I would argue, I know... Um, they do a change does happen at that two years, but as you said before, it's that first seven years, seven years, even more. So, you know, <laughs> I have spoken to so many mamas over the years, including my own situation, where if you're not doing good that day, if for some reason you're grumpy, you're tired, you're sick, you're frustrated or worried about something, suddenly. Everybody, you know, all your kids around you, they also change. And they also, and it's just this sense of, oh my gosh. It's amazing. (laughs) Amy, I'm so glad you brought that up because they are highly intuitive and they are your mirror. They are. And that's why they're our greatest teachers. They are your greatest teacher. Mm. And if yeah, this is where the responsibility comes. So this is where our grace comes, right? So become, we become conscious. This is what is happening. My child is a mirror of me. So without any blame or shame or anything, what do I do? I take conscious action. Yes. I look after myself. In the first year of life, I rest. I sleep when my child is sleeping. I eat well. I communicate with my partner that this is what is happening. So we're both conscious of the situation that this little one, if he or she could, would be inside my womb for another nine months. So we need to care for him or her with all of our love and care because this is going to be the foundation of his or her sense of security in life Mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. And his or her sense of security will be based on my own sense of security and safety. So I need to receive that from my partner, from my family. I need to feel nourished and supported and cared for. How do I do that? If I don't have family, I outsource it. Somehow I reach out. I ask for help. We are, we live such isolated lives as mothers. You know, mm. and it's the not tribe, meant to be that way. it's not meant to be that way. The tribe has gone, but this is the time for us to reach, to be conscious and reach towards each other 
and yes. ask for help. And even if it's online help, even if it is on the phone, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling overwhelmed, connect. We yes. heal by connection. We heal by being with each other. We're not meant to be alone. We're not geared to be alone. And motherhood can be a very lonely road. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, calling, I'm talking 100% from experience. I migrated to Australia 20 years ago. At one point, I was going to be back to Ecuador, but I, you know, I decided to come back to Australia. So I, my experience of motherhood was quite isolating. And the advice I give is that which I, at, at some point, I almost feel like I wish I had done because I think at times I could have reached out more. But I really encourage any mother who is feeling, and, and this I practice now much more than I used to. I didn't used to be very good at asking for help or reaching out. But now as soon as I feel that, you know, that feeling, and we all know that feeling of feeling sad or feeling disconnected, I take again, I Mm. connect with that grace, conscious action. So I call, yeah, I just call a friend, you know, I call another, a person that I know that will support me and will love me. Uh, If I can't find that, then I am really into audiobooks. So I put something really inspiring, really beautiful on, or I really soothe myself, you know, self-soothing. So I get myself a beautiful cup of tea and some soft music and a blanket. And I, we need to learn to self-nourish so that we can nourish our child. Mm. And the more you self-nourish, the more they will thrive. You know, the more authentic you are, you know, even letting sometimes letting them see you cry, but in an authentic way. You know, and we do need to hold them. So when they are crying, ideally we don't cry <laughs> or we don't scream because a lot of the times they just need us to be their container. Yes. But in order for us to be their container and their, you know, we're there to hold them. They are becoming little people. Um, for us to be able to do that, we need to be able, we need to already be filled ourselves. That's right. You know, it's yeah, that whole um, that whole story of putting your oxygen mask on first, and then the children. Because if you are not coping, and they are not coping, it's the recipe for disaster. That's right. And as the parent, and as the conscious adult, and the aware adult, we need to take the, the steps to to be that for them, you know, to give, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's very easy. It's very easy to go through life unconsciously, very easy to bring children up unconsciously. The conscious path is not an easy one, but it is the most rewarding one. And I really believe that whoever, you know, that this connection that you and I have now, Amy, is because it was meant to be, it's highly guided. And I feel that everyone who will listen to this will be ready to hear this. You know, oh, I it's always agree more. It's it's always perfect timing. So hopefully the people that are meant to hear this will hear it, and hopefully it will be an inspiration for them to 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 focus on that self care and find that grace, take the conscious action, take the steps to find that happiness within them, so they can share it with others. Looking after their health, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I know that this is going to be so powerful for so many of my mamas listening. And as I said, I would love to do a part two and dive into different particular parts of the 
the technology and the teachings and motherhood. And mamas, if there's anything in particular that you would like us to talk about or answer questions, uh, please send me an email or a message on one of my social media accounts and we can get back together and keep answering these questions and keep sharing everything that we've learned along the way. So I am so grateful, Alexandra, for sharing all of this with me today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to doing more. Thank you. Okay. Did you love that as much as I did? Just the way Alexandra speaks about what it means to be a woman shifts something in you, doesn't it? It makes you realize that we should be proud. We should own who we are. And it is a great commitment to live a conscious life and parent consciously. And that is the commitment we're ready to make. I hope that you loved it. And please have a look at Alexandra's work on her website in the show notes and share with all mamas that are also moving through this season and stage of their life. Much love, everybody. Satnam. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.